Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It is Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today on the podcast, we are going to take a look at some really great mailbag questions that you all sent to me. Well, not all of you, but some of you. And also take another quick look at the re-signing of Zach's initian to a one-year, two-way contract worth $700,000. Before we get into all that, let me remind you that the podcast is available wherever podcasts can be found. So on your web browser, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast is what I use. If you could please hit that subscribe button, each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed, free to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, it would be very, very much appreciated. I can't understate how much that means in terms of rising the Apple charts specifically and just growing the reach of the show. So uh, if you have time to do that today, uh, I would be your best friend. Also, if you are on social media, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can follow the new Instagram account, which is Locked On Boston Bruins. And you can find me and my hockey quote unquote analysis and dad jokes on Twitter at ENC McLaren and the same on Instagram. So let's get into it for today, shall we? The big news, well, I don't know if it was big news, but the news from Bruins land yesterday was the re-signing of 2015 first-round pick Zach Sinitian to a one-year, two-way extension worth an NHL cap hit of $700,000. The 23-year-old has only appeared in a handful of NHL games since being drafted 15th overall and is certainly looking to become a regular in the NHL and to prove that I don't know if he can prove that he was worth being selected that high, but to prove that he can play at the NHL level. And to be honest in the four games that he appeared in last season, I think he certainly did at least that. Sinitian said he feels good about his development over the last three years on his entry level contract. He felt he got better each year and he's really, really close to cracking the team. He really appreciates the Bruins giving him this contract and giving him the opportunity to show he belongs up there with the rest of the NHL squad. Now, he will be in tough to crack the NHL roster, seeing as he is a right-hand shot, a right winger, and the Bruins already have David Pasternak, Andre Kasha, Craig Smith, uh, Carson Kuhlman, Chris Wagner playing at that position and Jack Stanika has to be eased into the lineup as well. And he could enter as a winger. So it won't be easy. Um, The injury to David Pasternak to begin the season will open up some playing time and it will be up to him to impress in training camp and uh, just show head coach Bruce Cassidy that he is the man for the job. Now, Sinitian, like I said, did look pretty good in some NHL games last year. He was removed from the lineup after suffering a knee injury in his fourth game, and he was not able to 
make it back up to the NHL after that time. He said it was pretty devastating. I'm more of a guy, he said, who tends to look at the silver lining in any situation. It was really good to get in there, prove to myself that I was able to play with those guys and succeed. I'm just trying to take that away from that experience. I would have really loved to have been up there with those guys for an extended period of time, but I'm coming in swinging, and I really want to make the team for good now. Sinitian in those games played mostly with Charlie Coyle and not look out of place at all. One advantage that he does have over Carson Kuhlman is that Kuhlman needs 11 more games to become waiver eligible, while Seneshin would have to clear to be sent down. So in order for Seneshin to be assigned to Providence, he would have to clear waivers. Chances are a team could snatch him up because he does have a pretty attractive skill set in terms of speed and shooting ability. Kuhlman would not have to clear waivers to be sent down, so that could give him a leg up. Sinitian knows that the right side, there is a glut of good players. He said, with regards to the right side, I think with any NHL team, they're not going to hand you a position. I'm well aware of that, and that's what I'm training for right now, to take a spot, not be handed one. With regards to waivers, that's not really something I have my eyes set on. They're more set on making the team right now, But again, I feel ready to play in the NHL and succeed in the NHL. The situation isn't that much different from Malcolm Subban a couple years ago. He had to be placed on waivers in order to be assigned to Providence. He was snatched up and um, that could happen with Sinitian for sure. He said he sees himself as a second or third line NHL winger who can provide some secondary scoring by using his speed. But he said he's also a guy who knows how to penalty kill, how to be a defensive forward, how to get the pucks off the wall. That's one thing he's worked really hard on over the last three years, being a more defensive player. That would certainly endear him more to the Boston Bruins coaching staff. He said, I definitely don't want to cut ties with my roots and goal scoring. I think that I definitely bring a mix of things and I can play up and down the lineup. So whatever spot the coach needs to fill, I feel comfortable Filling it. Sinitian will continue to train at home in Ottawa. And yeah, whenever training camp does begin, then you can expect him to put his best foot forward. I, for one, am very much rooting for this kid. I know it will be difficult for him to crack the the lineup with that depth on the right side, but I do believe he does have the skills to play at the NHL level. And it would be a real shame if the Bruins were to lose him on waivers. And therefore, I expect him to begin the season on the NHL roster, whether or not he gets immediate playing time uh, or spend some time in the press box. Who knows? Um, But Sinitian, I think, is a great person off the ice from what I have heard and what I know of him and also has the skills to be an effective NHL player. Uh, I think, yeah, second or third line right winger is prime for him if he can be there with um, Charlie Coyle, that would be a huge benefit for him. Uh, So I wish him well come training camp, and I'm glad they got that done. Now we just wait on Jake DeBrusque as well as Zdeno Chara. Before we move on to the mailbag, let's talk for a moment about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family-owned website, 
and they've been in business for 20 years serving auto parts customers. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, you can get everything you need delivered to your door in a few easy clicks. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for professional mechanics as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's dive into the mailbag now, and the first question comes from at Pezel56xgaming, and this is an old friend who you will know as PezDOY from the days of your days, and uh, one of my first connections on hockey Twitter, and someone who I appreciate and uh, admire very much. He's a great guy, and I'm glad to hear him send in uh, a couple great questions, actually. The first is, do the Bruins need to improve their left-handed defense? And if you believe they do, how? Now, I don't think it's any secret that they do need to improve the defense, but I think they are waiting to see if that improvement can come internally. They're waiting to see what they have in Jacobs Borrell. They're waiting to see what they have in Yerho Vakaninen. And it's quite possible that they feel that their internal younger options are better than Zdeno Chara at this point in his career, and that's why we're seeing lack of movement in terms of re-signing him. Whether or not that's accurate, well, that remains to be seen. We don't really know what these guys can bring at the NHL level on a regular basis. John Moore is still there. I would love for him to be dealt and for the Bruins to clear some cap space and bring someone else in. There has been talk about Mackenzie Wieger of the Florida Panthers being brought in. I would love to see that happen. He's a very talented young defenseman. He is a right shot, but he does play on the left side and uh, physical, but has some scoring touch. That would be uh, my main choice right now for bringing him in. I've talked about Vince Dunn from the St. Louis Blues as well. They're kind of up against the cap, and he would be a good uh, target as well for the Bruins. So, I think there's promise on the left side with Zboril, with Vakaninen. Matt Grizzlick is certainly ready to take the next step. But um, looking at what the left side looked like last year with Krug, Chara, Grizzlick, it's obviously not as good. And there is some improvements that need to be made, whether it's prior to the season or after assessing those younger guys and seeing what they have and adding in season uh, that remains to be seen. Second question is uh, thoughts on the rumors of the Pooh bear Jersey making a return. Where are you on team Pooh? love the Jersey or hate it? This is of course referring to that old third Jersey featuring the Brown Bruin on the front with kind of the jagged, um, black shoulder and at the bottom yellow base jersey i for one 
I mean, I don't think it's worth bringing back at this point. It's not a very 2020 look. I did see Pete Blackburn on Twitter posted a white version of it. I, I don't mind that one. I personally am more of a fan of the 90s look with the yellow bear shoulder patch. I think it'd be cool to make an alternate jersey featuring that logo. Um, maybe that basic black and yellow look with that logo I think would be really cool. Uh, I don't hate the Pooh Bear. I don't have as much of a love for it as some people. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of the gold-based jerseys. Uh, so something black or white with that 90s shoulder patch logo I think would be would be pretty cool. Next question comes from... Oh boy, let me pull up these questions here. Next question comes from... Uh, Beth at Iver Wheat, who asks, if next season were to be played normally, which team would you be most excited to watch the Bruins play? Well, Beth, I know, is a massive Montreal Canadiens fan. It's always cool to see the Bruins match up against the Canadiens. I think there's some added intrigue there with the Canadiens scooping Tyler Toffoli, who was a very popular target among Bruins fans. Um, always fun to see them play against uh, the Leafs, of course, um, but who I would be most excited to watch them play. Well, I think a game against the St. Louis Blues would be very compelling, uh, not only because of the history from 2019, but also because of Tory DeKrug's defection to uh, such a hated rival. I mentioned to Mayor when she interviewed me the other day that the Blues are my least favorite team in the NHL at the moment. Um, and to see the Bruins play them, I think, again, would be uh, very compelling, especially with the Tory Krug storyline in there. Next question comes from Andrew is on a PTO at just, you know, why with three Y's, And he asks, do you see Jake DeBrusque signing a bridge two years, 3.5 or 3.75 AAV, or will it take more? Well, I think the Bruins are hoping to get him signed to that kind of deal. I don't think he has warranted or earned a long-term secure deal at this point. I've talked extensively about how his agent is on record saying that he would like a kind of six-year deal along the range of, you know, $6 million perhaps. So six years, 36, $30 million dollars. That, to me, is too much at this point, considering he has regressed over the last couple seasons in terms of goal-scoring production, um, and he did not step up in the playoffs this year as he has in the past. So I think it benefits both sides right now. Well, probably doesn't benefit Jake, really. Let's be honest, he would want the best possible deal at this point, but I don't think he's earned the security of a long-term big money contract at this point in his career and the Bruins I'm sure would be more open to giving him a bridge type deal it would help their cap situation it would allow them maybe to add another piece uh, before the season starts and it would also you know give them more time to see what they have in DeBrusque before they commit to him with that kind of deal. So I don't know if I see him signing that, if his agent is really 
going to stick to this big ask, then there could be some contention that comes up and he could become more of a trade candidate. But I think at the end of the day, uh, it makes the most sense for this kind of bridge type deal. Allow me to interject for a moment to talk about Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall that you have hit, you can break through with Go every day. Built Go comes in easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages, so you can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or even your pocket to help you get through the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five hour energy boost without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural and therefore better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, and peanut butter honey. And you know, it's loaded with good stuff to ignite your workday beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Right now, if you visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Next question comes from Jeff Morton at Captain underscore Morton. What is it going to take to complete a deal with Florida for Mackenzie Weger? He will be commanding a raise and from sources, Florida doesn't want to pay him. The Bruins' most likely move would be shipping out a contract of Moore and or Richie to make enough cap space to sign Uyghur and DeBrusque. Part of this comes back to whether or not you have to sacrifice a player like DeBrusque in order to improve the left side of the defense. Right now, the left side isn't as strong as the right side. You have Marchand, DeBrusque, Anders Bjork, uh, perhaps Trent Frederick. We've already lost Joaquin Nordstrom there, so you're going to have to fill that hole. Uh, Nick Ritchie could play on the fourth line. But ideally, yeah, if you can move Ritchie and more for a player like Mackenzie Weger, that would be amazing, but I don't see anyone falling for that. So do you have to move Jake DeBrusque? Do you have to move Brandon Carlo in order to bring in help on the left side of the defense and... um balance the lineup out that way can you bring in a mike hoffman type to fill the hole left by debrusque or do you have to settle for an anthony duclair who who i love or uh take kind of a flyer on a guy like alex galchenyuk a lot of moving parts there no easy answers i think florida would like a young player with some control if they're going to give up on Mackenzie Weger. Um, the fact that a deal hasn't been made so far would suggest that Florida's asking price is not something the Bruins can match at this point. And um, yeah, I would love to see Mackenzie Weger in black and gold. I think he fits the Bruins mold quite well as a physical defenseman, but a guy who can move the puck and uh, who can create some offense. And um, I really think that would be a great fit. But whether or not it comes to pass remains to be seen. I know I'm saying that a lot these days, but there's just so many balls in the air. And uh, it's impossible to say right now how things are going to, to shake out. One question here from Marco Originello at Marco A-R-I-G-A. Asking, what Bruin line combination would you choose from to play on? For me, it would be to play left wing with Oates and Neely. 
Bergeron and Marchand a close second. On D, it would go Orr, Bork, or Chara. Why would you pick them? I grew up a huge Neely and Bork fan, as did I. I grew up uh, just in love with the late 80s, early 90s Bruins, Oates, Neely, Bork. Uh, I just love that team so much, and I wish they had been able to meet a better fate and uh, make good on winning a championship. Uh, but I digress. For me, I'm a right-hand shot. I'm a smaller guy. So playing left wing with Oates and Neely, well, that would be amazing. I probably wouldn't fit uh, on that. Uh, to be honest, Bergeron and Marchand as well, I think. Um, I don't know if I'd fit there either because Bergeron or sorry, Marchand is a bit of an undersized winger as well, and I would probably play a similar role. So I think where I would love to play with those guys, that's who I would choose. I think I would fit better on a line with David Krejci and Milan Lucic in 2011 kind of thing. Uh, kind of a undersized, speedy, scoring winger who could complement... Uh, Krejci's playmaking abilities as well as Lucic's physicality. Now, this is all but a pipe dream because I do not have anywhere near the skills to play even in a basic men's league on a Friday night, uh, but I think that would be where I would fit in. Um, on D, it would probably be, yeah, I'd love to play with Ray Bork. Again, I didn't get to watch Bobby Orr play. I have a great admiration for him, but... Um, Ray Bork would be my dream defenseman to play with, although I probably would need the protection that comes from Zidane Chara. Now, one last question comes from uh, Mr. Too Good at Following the Rules, NHL Refs Real, asks, you got a time machine and you can bring one of 2011 Campbell, Paye, and Thornton to play next season. Who are you taking and who's getting bumped off last year's fourth line? I have a great love for Daniel Paye as a former Guelph Storm forward. Um, I wasn't a huge uh, Scott Thornton guy, to be honest. And Gregory Campbell, I think I would bring back, uh, to be sure. He uh, really uh, was fun to watch during the Bruins 2011 Zoom call. I think he's got a lot of personality that maybe is missing from this Bruins team at the moment. Uh, I'd put... Sean Corrali on the left side, bring back Campbell and put Wagner on, on the right side. I think there, that would be uh, my best answer to that question at the moment. So many great mailbag questions this week. I thank you so much for sending them in. We do this pretty regularly and uh, be sure to follow at ENC McLaren and at LO underscore Boston Bruins for the next call to send in some mailbag questions. I think uh, we'll pretty much end it there for today since the mailbag went a bit long. I did want to mention the NHL.com released their Super 16 top teams through the start of free agency, and our Bruins currently rank 7th. It says they hit on forward Craig Smith, who signed a three-year contract on October 10th. Five-time 20-goal scorer should add much-needed depth up front, especially since Brad Marchand and David Pasternak could miss the start of the season after each had surgery in September. Miss, they have yet to replace Krug and may also need to replace defenseman Zidane Chara if the 43-year-old retires or decides to play elsewhere. The reigning president's trophy winners come in 7th uh, following 
Washington Capitals at 6, St. Louis Blues at 5th, Dallas Stars 4th, Vegas Golden Knights 3rd, Colorado Avalanche 2nd, and the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning at number 1. I don't think I mentioned the um, World Junior schedule that was released the other day. United States will play Russia on Christmas Day, one of three games scheduled for opening day of the tournament, which usually is the 26th. This year, it's starting on the 25th. The tournament will run through January 5th, will be held at Rogers Place in Edmonton without fans in attendance in a bubbler, bubbler, bubble that was similar to the one the NHL used in the playoffs. The U.S. and Russia are in Group B, along with Sweden, Austria, and the Czech Republic. After opening against Russia, the U.S. will play Austria on December 26th, Czech Republic on the 29th, and Sweden on December 31st. The U.S., of course, finished 6th at the 2020 World Juniors in the Czech Republic. Canada, who won the 2020 tournament, will be in Group A, along with Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Germany. Canada's first game will be on the 26th against Germany, then play Slovakia on the 27th, Switzerland on the 29th, and Finland on the 31st. So that should be probably the next best hockey that we're going to see. Still some uncertainty about when the NHL will kick off and how it will kick off in terms of, you know, um, whether there'll be a Canadian division since the border is still closed and things like that. Uh, But at least we have something to look forward to in the form of World Juniors, and it could be a pretty stacked tournament, seeing as some players who would be in the NHL could be made available to their respective national teams. That's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. Thank you so much for sending in those great mailbag questions. I hope you're all having a great Thursday. And uh, yeah, we're almost at the weekend and uh, we can get through this together. I'm so appreciative of this Boston Bruins community that is gathered here and takes time to listen even once or twice a week. It's really much appreciated. Uh, I said yesterday that I was looking for a new show to watch. We are just beginning a, a rewatch of Shit's Creek. My wife has never watched it, so getting her into that. I think we might check out The Vow, which was that HBO documentary on the Nexium cult. And um, I am very much looking forward to Borat 2, which will drop tomorrow on Amazon Prime. So yeah, thanks so much, friends. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will be back tomorrow with a wrap-up of the week and to talk about any uh, Boston Bruins news that might come up. Peace.